There goes that man's jock strap. <laughs> oh my god, did you see that? <laughs> America's team? Yeah, right. Oh, baby, it's a big day in sports. There's nothing like battling it out with your teammates all season long to go win a championship. Green Bay's got it this year. Huge move for him. I think it's going to be a game changer. We have a lot to talk about this busy week in the sports world. Welcome to the In a League of Their Own podcast. Today's episode is exclusively brought to you by Candidips. The best CBD pouches on the planet with all the CBD benefits. Core flavors are natural mint, fresh wintergreen, tangy citrus, my personal favorite, tropical mango, and American spice. To save 15% off your order, use code League of Their Own 15 at checkout. Hello, hello. Another Wednesday, another episode. How's it going today, my dude? Oh, it's going, it's going. How about yourself? Oh, just dandy. Um, looking forward to today's episode. Um, as always, uh, appreciate everybody stopping in here on YouTube. For all of our other socials, make sure you check out the description link below, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Um, today, we actually started kind of a new segment on our Instagram. We're calling it a Whoops Wednesday, where all day Wednesday, we're going to throw out 10-ish posts, uh, Sports memes, bloopers, really any funny content. Make sure you guys go check those out. Um, And feel free to DM us as well. If you have any personal videos you want to share with us of sports bloopers or something funny you've seen from somebody else's account. Um, And we'll make sure to shout you out in those posts as well. So, um, yeah, go check those out. For our audio episodes, uh, you can find us on Anchor. Anchor distributes us to... Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, really anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. Uh, Five-star ratings help us move up the charts over there. And as always, you can find our merch at streamerloot.co, also down in the link in the description. Uh, T-shirts, sweatshirts, mugs, all that good stuff, you can find that there. Diving into our NFL content for the day, uh, what are we starting off with? Now that the Eagles have won with Gardner Minshew this past weekend here, putting themselves kind of back. I wouldn't say all the way back, but they kind of put themselves back in that race for the NFC East. Do you think the Eagles stick with Minshew mania, or do you think Jalen Hurts goes back to QB1 when he's back healthy? I mean, I feel like I've seen sources talking about overrolling with Jalen Hurts when he's healthy, but the situation in Chicago – has taught us this year that you can't really (laughs) – until you see the guy on the field, you can't really go by what's said on a Wednesday or a Tuesday the week before. Um, I mean, Gardner Minshew stepped in and um, did a a great job. I mean, against the Jets, not really a tough team to go against, but at the same time, um, they've had their their share of upsets and a couple wins this year. So um, they're not a complete team to write off, but – um, yeah, anytime you can step in as a backup and do what he did, get a, a, a dominant win. Um, I mean, it's hard to not put, keep him in the conversation to keeping him at QB one. Um, I don't know. I mean, Jalen hurts is a lot, a big part of the run game, which is kind of what they, the Eagles have found their bread and butter in the past five or six weeks where they finally got some wins put together. Um, Minshew is a little less mobile. Um, it's not really a part of his game to run as much as it is for Hertz. 
So I feel like because Hertz fits better into the offensive game plan, I could see them going back to him. But I feel like if there's any doubt that Hertz is not 100% to go, I feel like it wouldn't hurt to keep Minshew in there as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with a little bit of what you said there. He stepped in and did a phenomenal job. Shout out to him. But as we've seen in years past, when he has been the starting quarterback, granted he was in Jacksonville, two games a season, he would like light it up and the rest it's kind of like, oh, what, oh, what are you doing? Yeah. And kind of like what we've seen out of Teddy Bridgewater this season and everywhere he's been, he lights it up for about six, seven games. And the other games, it's like, what's going on? Um, I think they go right back to Hertz when he's back. Obviously, like you said, their run game has been their bread and butter, averaging over 200 yards their past four weeks. I think that's that's what they got to do to be successful, especially when scoring point, you know, scoring points, gaining yards here is cu- going to come in clutch down towards the end of the season and time of possession, and you do both when you can run the ball successfully. Look at the game on Monday night. Prime example of that. If you can run the ball and just dominate the line of scrimmage the whole entire game, there's no there's no reason you have to risk it by throwing the ball down the field. So this Eagles team, deadly with Jalen Hurts back there at the running position, just like you said. Um, yeah, definitely going back with him. I could see this potentially being – this could have been – I feel bad for Garner Minshew, honestly, just for the fact that – he hasn't really got a chance to showcase himself. Obviously, being in Jacksonville for that, not having nobody around you, and then coming here, it's like too bad he couldn't have went to Carolina or somewhere where he actually Denver, somewhere where he actually would have had an opportunity to start some games and prove himself. Just stinks for him that he kind of only has one game, and unless the team's gonna you know risk it on. That to go get him, I don't think that happening. I just feel bad for the guy, kind of, because he's he's the energy that he brings is phenomenal. Yeah, I guess the one upside for him though is again next off season, everybody the cap going up, every a lot of quarterbacks, a lot of players on one year contracts ending the season. He might be able to touch the market next year for a team that is going to have a QB battle where they bring in two vets that. We're not going to roll with one. We're going to go through camp, which everyone comes out the other side better. Yeah, there's any team calling Gardner Minshew being like you're in a QB battle for number one. No, it just doesn't make sense. Like, and that's why he got screwed over. It's like he could have been in New Orleans too this season. Yeah. Well, I guess one, you bring him to maybe New York, Giants. Daniel Jones, you're on the chopping block. If you can't get your shit together, you're gone. Minshew gets the nod up there. Yeah, as long as he can find himself in the NFL as a backup quarterback somewhere, that is always a possibility. You know, being that number two, you're always that guy that's going to be getting those calls and whatever from other teams. Being yeah. Like, hey, you want the starting job if you're coming over here. So if he can keep, you know, keep himself relevant, stay in the NFL, I don't know what his contract looks like, but hopefully he gets to prove himself at some point before yeah. it's too late. Yeah, transitioning in here to um, kind of talking about Monday night's game, taking into consideration the weather conditions from that game and their loss to the Patriots, are you concerned for the Bills down the stretch to stay relevant in the AFC? Um, 
even though, again, kind of that asterisk next to Monday night's game, given a ground and pound game on both sides, when the Bills are a pass-heavy offense. I am actually pretty concerned for the Bills at this point. Um, They have Miami closing right on their heels, and Miami has been looking very good as of late. They play the Bucks at Tampa this next weekend. So really get to prove what they have. Then they got to play the Panthers, which you you don't know what you're going to get. Patriots, obviously you're playing them in their house this time. Atlanta, you don't know what you're going to get with Atlanta. They've held a couple teams really close in other games they've got blown out. And then last game of the year, the Jets. are Could they be the spoiler? You, you know, I feel this team actually, it is concerning to me at this point because – I could see they could end up finding themselves out of the playoffs, like not even making it. I was thinking the same thing kind of with the AFC, how the NFC was super tight all year. The AFC is finally starting to get tighter. Well, and you look at the teams that are on a roll because this is the time of year where if you catch fire and you can roll this thing all the way to the end of the year, awesome. AFC, the teams that are currently on a winning streak, Colts won. Steelers are on a one-game winning streak. Chiefs are on a five. Chargers have finally turned it around in one-one. Dolphins are at a five, and the Patriots are at a seven. So how many teams is that? One, two, three, four, five, six. How many playoff spots are there? Seven. Mm -hmm. And you have the Ravens that I didn't even mention in that conversation. You have the Bengals. I didn't even mention Titans, Dolphins. Like, you lose one more, and you're really asking for it, I feel like, at this point, especially with how good the Dolphins have looked. They kind of two, – two is their guy. Mm-hmm. Like, he solidified that, just like we talked about on Monday with him going full circle back around. He's their guy. They're all in on him, and he's continuing to win games, for, and that defense is continuing to step up and play really good defense. <laughs> yeah. Bills team's in trouble. For the Dolphins, too, um, on, on their streak, they started the year one and seven. No one and seven team in NFL history has ever made the playoffs. So if they're yeah, able to run the table. that one team that they beat? The Patriots. Yeah. I saw a thing. Every NFL team in some way or another has beaten each other this season. Yeah, it was, started, it was the full with circle. the Lions. And, yep. Yeah, with the Lions getting a win, it's like – they now beat this team, this team beat this circle. team. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, which I feel like doesn't happen very often to where every team in one way or another, I because I like in that circle, it's like, oh, the Lions are the best team in the NFL. They beat Minnesota. Minnesota beat this team. The beat the team that Minnesota beat beat that team. So it's like it comes all the way back around. Thus the, the Lions are the best team in the NFL. It's always one of those funny circles that comes and, around. But and just looking the Dolphins schedule. Jets, Saints, Titans, and the Pats. They have a bye this weekend. They could win easily win three three or four. Easy three wins, I, I think. Toughest one is going to be New England and the year. Well, and does is Derrick Henry that is the first week potentially January, the, the beginning of January that they could potentially have him back. Mm-hmm. Actually, thinking about it for the Patriots, if they're able to go on a roll before then. 
they could have the one seed locked up. They rest all their starters. Easy win for Miami to end the year. Sneak into the playoffs. Over the Bills. Yeah, they could do that to, to say, hey, Bills, fuck you. Yeah. We're going to rest. That's just like this weekend. Minnesota loses, or yeah, Minnesota loses and we win. We clinch. Yeah, I, was, I brought that up on Monday, kind of doing the math on it. Um, yep, that's what it is. I that, saw a post somewhere today. Yeah. Which who does Minnesota play? Because the magic number was three. They play Thursday night against the Steelers. Oh, tomorrow? Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Oh. Hmm. And Thielen and Cook are both supposed to be out again. Yeah, it's going to be tough, especially. That's uh, like we always talk about Kirk Cousins in the MVP conversation. That Steelers defense is going to be a huge test. If you can get past them, drop three or four touchdowns, 300 yards. All right, Kirk Cousins, you're the MVP front runner now. If he struggles, go out there, gets shut down. All right, maybe he's played easy, gonna... easier defenses than we've thought. And it's going to be a test because this is a primetime game. Usually where he struggles, this is a Sunday night – or this is a Thursday primetime night of, you know, big game affair. Granted, it is at home, which is going to help him out with the skulls rocking. But the Steelers team, <laughs> I liked what I saw last week. They grinded it. Ben yeah. showed that he's got one more run, and I feel like with him – with all the news literally basically saying that this is it, this is his last run. I feel like that coming out in the middle of the season just inspires and gives everybody else a little extra energies. Let's do it for Ben. Like, let's do it for him one more time. Yeah. And like you said, he's definitely, he's elevated his game. He's like still moments of like, okay, you could tell he's getting old, but they're like last game again to beat the, the Ravens who were, at the time, the number one seed in the AFC, like on the road, on the road and in your division to kind of keep your division uh, champs hopes alive. Like that was a big win for them. Yes, it was. And you have your defense, the defense player of the year on your side also. Mm-hmm. All right. My next question here, speaking of the Pittsburgh Steelers, do they end up in the playoffs? Oh, well, they they're one they're one spot out right now, correct? Currently, Pats are one, Chiefs are two, Ravens are three, Titans are four, Colts are five, and then Bills, Chargers, Bengals, Colts, Bills, Chargers, Bengals would all be tied for that last spot. Steelers remain one game below that just for the fact that they do have the tie. They're six, five, and one, and Cincinnati is seven and five. Let me pull it so up that here tie, quick as far that as that tie could end up wrecking, fucking them over, but also could end up helping them out. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. Is if they both pull- keep winning, it's it fucks them. If they both lose, it helps them. So I have it pulled up here actually. The as far it break it breaks down all the tiebreakers and stuff like that right now. Pittsburgh is the eighth, so they are the first team out. Um, their tie actually helps them because they are six, five, and one. Colts, six losses, Vegas, six losses, Cleveland, six losses, Denver, six losses. They beat all those teams by a tiebreaker, having a loss instead or a tie instead of a loss right now. 
Oh, so a tie is better than having that win on your record? It's better than having loss. Well, because like you said, the Colts are seven and six. Yeah, and they're above them right now. According to, like, if the season ended right now, Pittsburgh would be the eighth seed, the eighth team in the AFC. Which, which show in they value a tie more than a win and a loss. Just a, a like a lot, one less loss, I guess, is what they're weighing all these teams yeah, under them for. Considering a tie a win. Yeah, I guess so. And well, it was against the one because it's it's because it's based off win percentage. Because Colts are seven and six, they have a fifty three point eight percent win percentage. Pittsburgh has a fifty four point two. So yeah, so technically they have a better record, even though they have one last win. <laughs> and it was against the Lions too. Yeah, I could take it into consideration. Like they'd be they'd be in the driver's seat if they would have won that game. If they would have won that game, yeah, they would be seven and five. And tied with Chargers, Cincinnati, and Buffalo, and one game out of well, one two games out of the one seed, and one game out of the like uh, division. Yep. But do you um, think they get in? I think that they do. Kind of looking at and their um, remaining schedule is like yeah. I said, they play the Vikings on Thursday. They host the Titans. At the Chiefs, host the Browns. Just kidding. They were home against the Ravens. They finish at Baltimore January 9th. Yeah, I think I think they have a really good chance to win tomorrow. Again, knocking out the Viking. Uh, they're going to be all a couple key guys. Their defense is, I feel like, going to give Kirk Cousins his best look this season. And then – Hosting the this Titans will, this will be a moment year. like Rodgers had without the top three wide receivers against Arizona. Yeah. If Kirk Cousins can win against the Steelers. Yeah, exactly. Um, which, but I, I almost think even a little bit greater because their defense is fucked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think that they somehow sneak in. I mean, they, they they're all tough games. Like Titans ahead of them in the AFC, Chiefs ahead of them in the AFC. Browns just like a half a notch behind them, and, and then, then the Bal- Rave, and then Baltimore. Um, in their last five games, I mean, realistically, they could win three of them. The Vikings, Titans, Browns are kind of the three I'm looking at. Would be the um, but easy, is that going to be enough? Wins. I mean, yeah, because if they beat the if they beat the the Browns, they're out of the equation. So if they only get three, that's four lo- four losses still, right? For or there's six games left, right? Five games. Five games left. So they would finish nine. Nine five and one. Nine seven. Nine and, seven and one. So and the it, Colts don't lose a game the rest of the year. They're still at six losses. You yeah, that's know, what. I, that's they, what they could easily go all the way to the bottom behind the Dolphins. If if any of these teams get eight losses, the Steelers are going to be ahead of them with that tie. Because again, that tie is better than having seven losses, and a tie is better than eight losses. So right, but it'll all even itself out though at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, if they see if they do make it, I feel like it's they're going to be a six or seven seed. Um, 
don't know. Like you said, a lot, a lot of energy to go try to make one more push for Big Ben and his what's looking looking to be like his last season. So, he, so if the Steelers win tomorrow, Baltimore and Cincinnati lose. Steelers are number one in their division. Is that what you're telling me? Being seven five and one, and the Ravens will be eight five, eight five. No, because they'd be tied for losses. No, they'd have one less loss. Eight five no. and no, seven and five, seven five and one, eight five and one. That's the equal amount of losses. Ravens are still at. They'd need the Ravens to be eight eight six. If the Ravens end one more loss than the Steelers, the Steelers get. But if they have the same amount of losses, then that hurts them. Yes, because the that means that the Ravens will have one more win. So then, like you said, if the Steelers lose tomorrow. Yeah, I think go. I saw for both teams, Steelers, if they win tomorrow, their playoff percent percentage goes to like 40%. If they lose, it's down to 10. Vikings, if they win, it's up to like 35. If they lose, it's like 6%. So both, both, both teams – it's a it's a winner lose it's a winner like you're done for the year kind of game tomorrow for both teams. Um, I don't know. It's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be interesting just because again it's gonna be a Kirk Cousins air show without Delvin Cook. Matt Madison is gets the job done, but not quite like Delvin Cook is able to. But again, Justin Jefferson, he's unreal so if he has a game who knows but it reminds me of randy moss Mm -hmm. tall skinny lanky fast as fuck and can just get up and he catches everything Mm -hmm. in the same situation as um looking at that last game against the ravens very similar to the Dolphins playing the Patriots. If the Ravens lock up the one seed going into week 17, they rest their starters, Steelers get in. Very similar situation there. So for if you're if you're Miami, you want New England to lock up the one seed by week 18. If you're the Steelers, you want the Ravens to lock up the one seed by week 18. <laughs> but the Ravens ain't just gonna hand you a conference game. Or division, yeah. But Neither the Patriots. I mean, they're not going. No, they're not going to hand it, hand them a game. But Steelers are going to put their best guys on the field. The Ravens are putting their second and third string guys out there. Doesn't mean that they're going to lose that game, but it tilts. Well, you know the Patriots will never do that. Have they done it in the past, though? They're no mercy. They're a no mercy type of team. Yeah. I don't Especially know. against the Dolphins, who are fighting to get even in the playoffs. Like you never want your divisional opponent in the playoffs. No. So they're both going to try to end end that and hope that it's you know the Chargers and the Raiders or something. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. The Ra- the I guess to, again answer the like the question as far as if they're going to make it again. They're going to be a seven seed or barely out. Kind of where they are right now. They're the eighth seed and a half a game out technically with their loss. So are they going to make it or not? 
Yeah, I'll say they, they're going to be the seven seed. My next question. Yeah, I just wanted to know your opinion on that. All right. My next question for you here, uh, sticking with the AFC, uh, the Jaguars, again, having a dumpster, the dumpster fire season they are, should they consider moving on from Urban Meyer or Trevor Lawrence or both this offseason? No, I think you got to give them both time. Obviously, this is their both first year together there. I feel like one one thing that they could do, let everybody who doesn't want to be there go. Like, don't hold people captive in a situation where they don't. You're destroying everything for all the people who actually do. It's like they should have a reboot kind of like the Texans and the Jets almost should have is where Giants even could be in that conversation. Falcons could be in this. If you don't want to be here, go. Door's right there. We'll find guys that want to be here. And that's one way where you can instantly change your culture of your team over an off season by doing something like that. I just feel like it's a little bit too early. If they both struggle, let's say this next year, if they both, you know, Trevor continues to throw all the picks that he's throwing. They're not winning the games like they're supposed to. If they find themselves, I, I, I say they give them both three years, like three years, like this year included. So two more after this one, I feel like is kind of their timer, their ticking clock. Um, otherwise, it's just too early. You know, he just came in. They just wanted they wanted him to go there. They now because he wanted, he thought that their facility sucked. So he wants all their shit to be like top of the end stuff. So they spent a lot of money. Their owners spent a lot of money like rebuilding this whole thing. I don't think they're just going to ask the guy that they literally just wrote a blank check pretty much for. Got to give him some time. Yeah. I mean, the only the only thing they're taking into consideration is any college football vacancies that want to bring Urban Meyer back to college football. And I know when he was asked about Notre Dame, which it looked they ended up filling their position. Yeah, that, that guy the, looks like he's going to be there for a while. Yeah. Um, so that takes that off the table. His, like, one destination where if he got that call, he probably would be on a plane heading there already. Um, I mean, a lot, of the vac- a lot of the big vacancies in the Power Five are already filled. But, I mean, a paycheck – like, more figures on a paycheck is more figures on a paycheck. And you don't <laughs> – we don't know what Urban Meyer is thinking – he to, to us he like in the pre- press conferences he seems like he's loyal he's sticking in Jacksonville but you add a couple more zeros at the end of your paycheck you could throw all that out the window based on the mindset of the guy you you never know oh there's a price for everything like yeah so I mean I agree with you I think it's a little early I mean there's you you see everywhere above oh he is to go Trevor Lawrence isn't a guy things like that. I mean, out of the gate, that looks like the case. But again, you got to give him at least two seasons, like you said, maybe three to kind of mesh. And if by that point it's still not going well, then maybe look elsewhere. And like you said, too, a big part of it is there's a door. If you want to be a part of this rebuild, like you're like, go. Because they'd, they'd rather have somebody who's maybe a little less talent, but going to give 100% on the field than somebody who's talented and just going through the motions on the field and don't really want to be there. Um, 
yeah, we'll kind of see what happens this offseason. If they decide to make moves even below Urban Meyer, maybe some other coaching changes, offensive, defensive coordinator, things like that. Um, we can see those kind of moves. Yeah, like I said, he should open that up to the whole staff. You don't want to be here. Yeah. Wolf, I'm going to correct the shit, you know. I'm going to bring in who I want, kind of make it like a college-style type of atmosphere, you know, the recruiting type of – and that, if that's what he wants, make fucking – Jacksonville, that same spot, leave the door open for people who want to come. All right, come on, you know, give it a whirl, Urban. Just stay away from the chapas. <laughs> and my last question for you here, with basically the first four teams set in the NFC here coming for the playoffs, do you think that Dallas would, if the playoff, you know, all roads are ending for them to play Los Angeles first game of the playoffs. Do you think they end up making it past Los Angeles hosting them at Jerry world? If they play the Rams, I think that they have a good chance to win. If they play any other team, either just because the Rams look discombobulated right now, obviously we'll see if they can figure things out if they end up running the table and finishing the year without losing a game, then I'd be concerned for Dallas. But with how wishy-washy they look right now, if I'm Dallas, I want the Rams right now. I want to play the Rams because any teams below that, like Washington trying to sneak in, if Minnesota turns things around, um, yeah, but they the four, four games to get 49ers, the, the uh, Dallas Rams. Oh, if to get Dallas out of the... either coughs up their first spot, which obviously they're hoping not to. Los Angeles would have to lose three games remaining on their schedule to drop out of that fourth spot, which they do play the Cardinals. That could be one. Seahawks, are they back? Is Russ back? Vikings, Ravens, Niners. So. That Niner again easily three losses in there. Yeah. Potentially. And the Niners if but they run the table. None of these too. other teams losing any games. That's banking on Washington not losing one more. Which they play Dallas twice. Panthers, Falcons, and Saints all not losing one more game. As well as the Vikings. <laughs> it's not likely. No. It's looking like that's going to be – unless Washington surpasses, that's basically – that's the best chance right now for a team to catch Dallas is Washington. Yeah. Their faith is in their hands. I, f- I feel like the Eagles, one more loss, I feel like we can almost take them and put them at the la- like the latter half of the situation. Like a lot of probables are going to have to happen for them to even have a chance. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Washington is an only team right on their heels. Yeah, I mean, if, like I said, given the current stance of the, of the Rams, if I'm Dallas, I want the Rams. If 49ers make a run, that would be a scary team to play. Washington, if they keep their streak going, they would be a scary team to play. If Dallas doesn't play the Rams, then I could see a first-round exit. But right now they seem like the best team to match up with right now. I think that I personally think that they lose to LA.
just for the fact, we've never seen Dak Prescott play at a big-time game. Have they been in the playoffs? Yeah. Have they the won? Divisional round against Green Bay, 2016 or 17. And lost, right? 18. Yeah, that was the game-ending field goal by Crosby. The down the sidelines oh, yeah. catch to throw to De- uh, Jared Cook. Yeah, that's right. I think that was okay. their last. Was that? I think that might have been their last playoff appearance. Honestly. So, Dax Owen one. If he was the quarterback at that time, he was. Yeah. So Owen one. You're facing Matt Stafford. Don't know what you're gonna get. But Never played a we, playoff game. <laughs> but we do know. He fucking he can when the when the lights are on him he steps up, like he he plays big on those big time like big time lights he plays big. It's the games that are at noon against someone else from whatever that he usually you know it's like what the fuck. But he's never had a team, and I feel like this team this offense obviously with Odell being there now this is going to be the third week. I feel like. I don't know. The way that they looked their last game, they looked better. I'm not going to say that they're back, but they looked better. Yeah. And I'd almost say I'd almost say the opposite for for Stafford and the Lights. Titans Sunday night game destroyed through a pick six. Yeah. 49ers primetime game. Fault, though. What was time of possession? How many times did he have the ball? Because Derrick Henry probably ran it down his throat the whole game. I think Henry was out. Wasn't he hurt at that point? No. That was early in the season. That was before. Derrick or Foreman led the, led, the, led the Titans with 29 yards rushing in that game. Stafford, two picks, including the pick six. Week after that, 49ers, another primetime game, destroyed 31 to 10. Two picks, including a pick six. Packers destroyed pick six. Prime all primetime games this year. Stafford has not stepped up. Before that, I when it, what, have they played any other primetime games? Cardinals, Rams, was that Rams Seahawks, Thursday night football. I think that's their only primetime win this year on the road. And that was the game Russ went out with his injury. See, when I was talking about that, I wasn't really talking about this year because this is his first year with with the Los Angeles Rams. I was talking about, like, if we go back to what we've seen of him over his career, like not just a small little sample size of a few Yeah, but playing for the Lions. I'm taking his career. I don't know, man. I think he's a good quarterback, and – Oh yeah, I think he is too. I mean, pre he was. And my, he's been dealing with he was my preseason. Back. He's been, you know how t- like how tough of a son of a bitch he is. He's been dealing with like a chronic back issue. Who knows if he just pushed the limits too far and he's like literally can't, but he's trying to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just feel like at that point, if it's a do or die, money on the line, I'm rolling with the Rams over the Cowboys. I mean this this week is going to be on the road. At the Cardinals, Monday Night Football, prime time. Um, if they want to get back in the in the race for the NFC West for the division, they got to win that one. They're too far back, I think. They're only two games back, five games to go. Yeah, but only two. Cardinals play the Lions. 
Seahawks. Uh, they got a couple. Oh, Cardinals play the Cowboys. Yeah. So that'd be a good dictation of kind of how it's going to go. And they play Seattle to end the year, who could be trying to play spoiler to if they know, hey, we beat the Cardinals, they get knocked off the one seed. Yeah, absolutely. That was my last question. All right. And my last question for you here for the NFL, who is the NFL coach of the year at this point in your eyes? There's kind of two that I have um, in my mind, both that I could put on there. One, Riverboat Ron, the Washington football team. I'm, I'm going to put his name in that discussion just for the fact that they snuck into the playoffs last year and they kind of had their falling out at QB1. He goes down early in the season. They're back to this guy that they don't even know. They're on a four-game heater right now. They kind of turned shit around. I mean, I feel like you have to put his name in the conversation. You also, personally, Brian Flores of the Dolphins. I feel like his 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 name is the other name that I'm going to throw in that hat right now for potentially have being coach of the year. Um, just due to them being on a heater right now, if they make the playoffs, you know, what a turnaround in that franchise. And then for the third place spot on that list, the third name I would put in is Frank Reich, the coach for the Colts. That's my, that'd be who's that third spot. Um, I know we don't know really anything. We never hear anything about the Cincinnati Bengals coach, but Hey, he's kind of, Right mm-hmm. there too. So I would add him to the conversation. We I just don't know who he is. <laughs> yeah. One that I'm gonna add, and it's kind of uh I mean, he's probably won it multiple times. I don't know if he has or not, but Bill Belichick, after one down year, he's able to turn he's it after the start that they had this season, they're rolling, rookie yeah. quarterback, all all the like how many times has Bill Belichick won Coach of the Year? That's what I'm saying. I, I assume he's won it. I don't know if he has, though. Like, I'm just assuming. I'm looking right now because I feel like the NFL is just like, we know this guy, dude. <laughs> but that's but he's that's a monster. But that's the thing. How could, like, to do what he's done for so long, one down year, all right, let's rebuild, boom, we're back to the top of the AFC in one year. There's not very many coaches – I mean, the only other coach that's done that really is Matt LaFleur after two shit years in Green, in Green Bay, back-to-back 13-3 and three seasons. There's only a, a few quarter coaches in the league that are able to turn around a team in one year. And speaking of Bill Belichick, after the game on Monday, he now has became the betting favorite to win coach of the year. And he has won on three occasions, 2004, 7, and 2010. So it's been over a decade. So Since he's won it because yeah. it's expected. At this point, it's expected. Last year was just an off, a false year, and everybody knew. Like, all the true New England Patriots fans knew. Once yeah. I got Mac Jones, we're back, baby. We're fucking back. It's like Tom never left. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And a lot of that has to do, again, with the top. But he's the defensive coach. He's a defensive guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at their defense then. Their defense is one of the top defenses after one shit year, too. 
like both sides of the ball. Their defense is always pretty good, though. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I like all the, I like the coaches you put out there too, but just another one I think that deserves worth mentioning. I didn't even know he was now the front runner for coach of the year. That's yeah, funny. NBC Sports wrote that 21 hours ago. He now is the betting favorite, according to Vegas. Hmm. Best odds to win. But yeah, good. Hey, I'm right behind you. I think I feel like he's deserving of it, but I'm almost almost yeah. in that category of where that's expected. People, you know people like to the see New somebody England different. Patriots are with Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick. You know what you're going to get. Yeah. Excellence. The highest fucking standard that they, you're going to see them, every single one of them push to their best. You know, like even if they go nine and six, that was their best that they were going to possibly do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like, oh, the Packers, when we were under Mike McCarthy, it's just like, oh, could we have ever went undefeated? You know, it's like, you can't ever say that about Bill. Yeah. Because you know that they're getting the fucking the best. And I feel like because that's expected, every single person who goes there knows that for them, if obviously for him to turn it around, spending the 185 million or whatever it was on that one day that literally changed his whole team. Whoever's decision, if that was Bill's, give it to him. Like if that was his decision, give it to him. Because yeah. Then yeah, he deserves it. Well, like to Tom Brady, he's in the MVP conversation every single year, but he hasn't won it every single year because people like to see different names. People like to see other names sewn into the hat. Same thing for Bill Belichick. He could be coach of the year every single year, but people like to see different names in there. But ultimately, when it comes down to it, it's like, all right, we can't actually put anybody ahead of him. He is the best quarterback, best coach, whoever it might be, but but yeah, sounds good then. Uh, move on here uh, for a little bit of college football talk then. Um, on Monday, we broke down the final rankings and what the two semifinal games are kind of are looking like. Um, as far as some other games to kind of highlight, I had it pulled up here. Um, a couple good matchups. Uh, kind of starting with the New Year's Six Bowl games. Um Michigan State versus Pittsburgh, Notre Dame versus Oklahoma State, Ohio State versus Utah in the Rose Bowl, and the Sugar Bowl, Baylor versus Ole Miss. Um, I guess, I mean, well, I guess we'll start with the Rose Bowl, Ohio State, Utah. Um, do you think I, – I always thought that whoever, if you, the winner of the Big Ten Championship – and the winner of the Pac-12, which Utah is the winner of the Pac-12. Michigan won, Iowa lost. So I was always the loser is then then represents the that conference in that bowl game. So I'm trying to figure out why Ohio State's ahead of Iowa then. Is it because they're ranked higher? Because it says Ohio State's ranked six. So is that why they put That's them higher? Why. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which I mean, it's fine. I mean, I think Ohio State. They just is, take the next, the next big best Big Ten team. Yeah. Um. Yeah, which I think Ohio State Utah be a better game than Iowa Utah anyway. But, um, I don't know who do you like in that one. Just to kind of we have to throw a score, just because it's we're still a couple weeks out. But just to kind of I guess a, a a brief preview of some of these games. What do you kind of which way are you kind of leaning? Utah. 
feel like a lot of Ohio State's guys aren't going to play. Yeah, like with a receiving core, aren't they all seniors? So they're going to have like no receivers? Olave is the only senior. Oh, okay. Well, one, other... a, one was a freshman and one was a sophomore, I believe, or a sophomore, sophomore. Yeah, because there's Olave, Wilson, and a Jigba. Yeah. Which, I mean, they're underclassmen, but I haven't seen it that they declared for the draft at all. Which they could. The person, only person that I saw was Thibodeau. Yeah, that's true. That is the only name I've seen declare so far. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've kind of written off Utah all year in the Pac-12, and they end up being the best team out of there, being Oregon twice. Because their defense is unbelievable. Yeah. They're the only team with defense in the Pac-12 this season. Which – is going to be because Ohio State top three, top five offense this season in, in, in all of football. Utah, one of the top defenses. It's going to be a fun game. I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm kind of leaning towards Ohio State just being a more offensive than defensive guy. If their guys playing CJ Stroud plays Ohio State. Well, Stroud's if, a freshman. If, why wouldn't he play? Doesn't want to get hurt. It's a bowl game, dude. But it's a Rose Bowl. How many times do you get to mean- play in a row? How many times do you get to How play in the Rose Bowl? How many times is Ohio going to play in the Rose Bowl every single year unless you're in the college football playoff? Let's be real. I guess, but he could also tear his ACL first game of the season next year and never play another snap of football. He's like, oh, I missed my chance to ever play in a big game in my career. I don't know. There's just so many people who skip these bowl yeah. games. Yeah. Whether they're senior going to the draft or not, there's a lot of people that just don't like doing them because of that reason. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, again, we'll see. We're still – I mean, it's on Christmas. If Ohio State's got all their guys, Ohio State. But if not, then I'm taking Utah on their defense. Yeah, I guess I'm, kind of, I'm in the same boat then. If Ohio State keeps it, still has most of the guys, I like Ohio State. But if all of them are going to be gone, then, yeah. Utah is going to shut down whoever they put on the field. <laughs> um, another game, kind of a high-flying offense versus a good defense, Ole Miss-Baylor, Sugar Bowl. Um, what do you like for that one? Baylor. Picked him to win the big pack. Or, big yeah, 12. I picked him to, big, I pick, I don't know, I picked him to win the big 12, and I'm going to pick him to win the, the bowl. Um, that again, it's like being this far out, it's hard unless you look at the roster and see who's playing or not. Again, Ole Miss, as good as their offense is, I would lean with Ole Miss, but again, pending to see who's playing, who's not playing. Yeah, because their quarterback's draft eligible, correct? Uh, I don't know what year he is. Oh, Mrs. Quarterback, are you looking him up? Yeah. 
Matt Coral. I'm looking to see if he's going to play or not. Oh, yeah. He's, There's he's an article that ESPN wrote already about the game. I mean, he's a junior, so he could um, declare if he wants to. Redshirt freshman completed his first 17 passes in the Big 12 title game. Matt Corral says he won't return to Ole Miss in 2022. So he's done this year. Yep, so they're without the QB. Well, it says he announced that he played his last home game for the Rebels, but plans to play if selected to a bowl game. Sports Illustrated. Yeah, it says the best offensive players, left tackle Nick Broker, the key to the entire O-line. They must protect Corral, who dealt with a nagging ankle injury for much of the second half of the season. Still hasn't, there's still no indication if he's going to for sure play or not. But he's been hit by the defense the 13th most out of all quarterbacks in FBS. So he's got a shit old line. <laughs> yeah. But their defense, they have four players with four or more sacks. Yeah, I guess we'll kind of highlight some of these more once we kind of see the like what the rosters are looking like. Um, oh, dude. Matt Corral's not skipping bowl game he will play yeah that's what i just said sports illustrated he's expected to play yeah he he posted something saying he was playing oh found it but yeah all right um, it's confirmed. cool and i guess one more game uh a non-new year's six game kind of worth looking at oklahoma oregon um in the alamo bowl I ain't watching it. <laughs> um, How many guys in Oklahoma aren't going to play because they're going to USC next year? Oh, yeah, that's true. Oregon Thibodeau just said he's not playing. How many other guys on their team after their coach just departs? How m- Both yeah. teams, their head coaches said, peace. This is going to be a shit show of a game. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, both head coaches literally just said, peace. Even though Cristobal at least told these guys that he was going, Oregon's coach. But he's a, He went to Miami, right? Correct. And yeah, looking at the rest of these games, I mean, again, there's, I think a, there was 46, 46, 47 bowl games total this year. So again, it's if your team didn't completely suck ass this year, congratulations. You probably got a bowl game, but <laughs> um, yeah, we'll kind of highlight some of these more as we get closer to the bowl time. Who's declaring for draft, who's going to play in the bowl game, who's sitting out, and we'll kind of get a better idea what some of these matchups are going to look like. Moving on here then to the NBA, uh, what you got over what's there? Your, what's your first question? Oh, switching it up on me. I like it. Um. Last night, the Lakers' big three of LeBron, AD, and Westbrook all combined for 61 points in what appeared to be their best collective effort so far this season. 
how many more games do they need to string together like this one to convince you that they are going to be a playoff uh, playoff contending team? Or do you think last night was a fluke and they're still not really in the running in the West? I don't think last night was a fluke. Last night was the, we got to see their defense on display a little bit here and there. I ain't going to be convinced until they win more than five, five or six games in a row. Um, until they can show me that they can show up at least for six straight games, seven games straight playing good defense, I'm not convinced. Yeah, I'm kind. Of, I'm in. I'm in the same boat. I mean, I the Lakers are kind of on the, on the bubble right now. They'd barely be in as a sixth seed right now. Um, I don't know. I think there's a lot of teams under them that are going to end up going on runs, and they're just going to keep flying by the seat of their pants. Um, again, again, one thing that they kind of took care of last night was turnovers. They're, I think, third, third or fourth worst in the league for turnovers per game. And last night they had um, one of their best, like, ball security nights I've seen in a while against a Celtics team that um, in the East is trying to make a run as well. Um, quick pulling it up to see what they ended up for turnovers last night. Oh, so they still had 16, which is more than – I think they've been averaging like 15 and a half turnovers a game, so they ended up higher than their average, which I don't know. I guess if they could – if they can – if the turnovers is just going to be a, a staple of them this season, pun, in, pun intended with Staples Center getting tore down or the, the name getting tore down. Um, yeah, like you said, defensively they held the Celtics to 102 points, which is – one of their best defensive efforts, but like I'm in the same boat as you. They got to win at least a handful of games in a row before I kind of give them the the nod of okay, they're going to be a decent team in the West. Sounds good. All right, then over to my first question for you: Who do you think is the greatest player to ever play the game, in your opinion? And then a second part to that question. If LeBron is in that conversation at all, if he wins another one, do you think he sits on top of the GOAT conversation? I'll start with LeBron. I I don't think he is going to win another one, for one. And two, if he did, I don't think it would put him up there because of how much firepower he's had to bring in around him. And he's kind of taking a backseat to this Lakers team now that – like, I'm not saying that they'd be able to win a chip without LeBron, but he's taking less and less of a role. Again, being injured, being on the court less, Westbrook running the offense, AD kind of being the most uh, consistent scorer for that team right now. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't put him in the GOAT conversation. So, that, with that being said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say LeBron is the best player of all time. Um, I'd have to say it's between, I mean, there's some, like a lot of people have a top 10 greatest of all time players list and all of them, you can make a case to be number one. So I'll give three names that are all kind of one, a one B one C and that's MJ. Um, Wilt and or MJ magic. And then 
KD and Kobe kind of tied for three. I don't know. Again, it's there when you have the, this many positions, they all have done so many great things for their position, for their team in their own different ways. It, it, it all depends what kind of weight you put on each player. If it's solely based on championships, obviously that shakes up people's list. Uh, better score that shakes up the list, but well, that's yeah, that's why I said in your opinion because yeah, whatever you want to say, whoever's your greatest. Like, so what was your I, I can't, three again? Well, it was uh, four: M- MJ, Magic, Kobe, Durant are like my four, and Kobe Durant are like too close that I don't really want to put one over the other at the moment. Sounds good. What's yours? I'm just curious. Do you have one that's just like, oh, it's this, no doubt, or are you kind of in the same cup, like handful of guys? It's between one of them. As much as I, I think it is LeBron. Like I think he's number for how he changed the game, how he grew up with social media, being a part of the whole thing, like. I don't know, dude. Like, he's played almost 10,000 more minutes than Jordan. Like, he's got 4,000 more assists, 3,000 more rebounds. Like, he's only played 300 more games. Like, it's just crazy, like, how long LeBron has been able to play and be there at that level. That's why I would, because of the longevity, I would put him 1A, Jordan, I'd go 1B. In my personal favorite, a person who I think changed the game, I would put Shaquille O'Neal at third. Like, he'd be one. You know, fuck it. Shaq's number one, dude. Shaq's number one to me. He's the greatest player. He was so fucking dominant, dude. I'd put Shaq, LeBron, Jordan. Then I'd put AI. Then I'd put probably KD right below that. Again, these are all names that, like, somebody somewhere has them all at number one. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, absolutely. But, but yeah, yeah, just for impact on the game and what he's done, I'd say Shaq, definitely, though. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on to my next question for you here, then. Uh, with the Trail Blazers fighting, fire, wow, firing their GM, and McCollum being out indefinitely with a rib injury and a collapsed lung. Could we see Dame Lillard make a move elsewhere before a total collapse in Portland? Now, preseason, there, it wasn't up until like a couple weeks before this like season started that he was like, I'm staying in Portland to where that kind of the door was open for a team to get him. Um, again, he has his own injury. He's got an abdominal injury. I think he's expected to be back this weekend, I think. Um, but yeah, McCollum out for the long time being, those two being the top scorers in the team. Do you, well, I guess answer two ways. Do you expect him to be moved and would you move him or want to be moved if you were him? One, if I were him, for what he already has, probably in Portland because he's lived there and been there his whole career. One, I would not want to leave. Two, 
for his sake, I feel like they should move him. He is a great player. Don't let him waste his career being stuck here. You know, unless him and McCollum, they're boys, unless they both are just like, you know, what, we're both going to ride it here for our careers. But I don't think that they're going to move him. I just don't see I don't see that happening. But if he were to want to, you know, get out of there, I feel like they easily should. But I just don't feel like that's going to happen. I still feel Ben Simmons is going to be coming there. Which again, you said the part of that trade was McCollum going to Philly. That's it was originally. Yeah. That not that unless they restructure that, that knocks back a couple of weeks, if not a month. Again, they said he's out indefinitely. So who knows? Like, indefinitely usually means at least a month. <laughs> unless yeah, barring, but there's really no timetable. Yeah, because again, a collapsed lung. If you can get that back to strength and a ribs, if it's cracked ribs, broken ribs, like what exactly it is. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens there. But well, it turns out there's already been some offers for some teams. Just looking at it, even though he signed, he signed through because because he signed that extension kicks in. He's signed through twenty four twenty five, four year one hundred seventy six point three million. So, yeah, that's a lot of money for a team to take on. Yeah. But Philadelphia, supposedly, and New York. They didn't say which New York. Knicks would make more sense, but Brooklyn fucking has the deepest pockets I've ever seen, just bringing in guy after guy after guy. <laughs> All taking little money, though. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Like That's the only way you get it to do it is if everybody buys in. Because mm-hmm. if one asshole says, nah, I want to get paid. All right, no room for you, no room for you, no room for you, you know. Yeah. Creates a huge problem. And that's why Tampa, everything's been going smooth down there for football. Everybody's willing to, all right, let's go try to get another one. I don't care what you pay me. Yeah. Yeah, sounds good. And my last question for you for the NBA, do we see the all-time three-point record fall tonight? Do you think Steph hit 16? I know when he was asked in a presser yesterday, like, hey, like he, like, he was obviously aware of it. And again, again, um, ironically enough, they play the Trailblazers, who are without McCollum, Lillard, um, Nasir Little, who else? And like two or three bench players. They're based, the Warriors are 14 point favorites in this one at. Chase Center in San Fran. Um, Portland is one in ten on the road, one of the worst road records this season. Without their top two scorers on the team, they're not going to have really any defense. Cody Zeller, the backup center to, to Nurkic, is also out. Um, who they gives have COVID? Them, who did they have COVID or are they all just hurt? They're all just hurt. Nobody, I don't think anybody on the injury list has COVID. They're all. I was like, damn, that's a lot of people for yeah, basketball. Team. Ankles, hamstrings, abdominal, um, knees. Um, yeah, um, they're missing a lot of guys. And the cool, I mean, it'd be really cool to see if it's done tonight just for the sake of passing Ray Allen's all time record. And on top of it, he'd be beating Clay's single game three point record to do both of them in one night. Like, 
not even all-star break wrap it up Steph your unanimous MVP for the second time in your career um I think it'd be cool to see I don't think it's gonna happen though I think it I think he will get in excess of 10 just because I think he's gonna he's gonna try but I, I feel like it's gonna come late third quarter quarter early fourth they could be up 20 30 40 points who knows and they they want to keep him healthy, so the bench comes in and he's going to. Is there game at home as well? Um, I want to say it is. Let me check here quick. I know they've been on a homestand for a while, so either I was going to say if it is, if if their next game is a home game, it's not going to get broken tonight. I want to. If s- this is their last home game before a road stand, tonight's going to be the night. He's going to want to do it at home. Tonight is their last home game. Before a six-game road trip. He's going to do it tonight if he's going to do You know, he's going to try as hard as he can. And we're going to be able to tell early in the game if he's on or not. He's going to have to have. He's going to have to have probably. I'm going to say eight, eight by half to have a chance. Say, I was going to say, I was going to say more like 10. Yeah. 10 would be. Yeah. Just because, like I said, late third, early fourth, if they're up big. Sorry, bud. You're gonna like you're gonna break the record. It's not gonna be at home. Like we need, we're gonna arrest you. We're up forty. We don't need you out there. Or is that the time you say fuck it, and that's when you get him the record? Yeah, I don't know. Like in that situation, for somebody at that milestone, I feel like everybody on the team's like, I don't care. He's if we're close. Sixty. You're fucking shooting threes. All like I. Everybody knows. Yeah. You know, like everybody's gonna be giving him the ball, trying to get him the shot. Portland probably even knows this record. Like they, they're I'll just them, a road team that's bound to. They're they're just stuck in the crosshairs. Sorry, to yeah, keep, yeah. It just is what it is. They're in the moment of a crazy moment in somebody's career. I'll give two benchmarks tonight. I like your ten at half. Thirteen by the end of the third. If he has thirteen by the end of the third, then, then he goes for it. Because he only needs three more. I was gonna say fourteen. Um, ten and fourteen. But if he if he's if he's shy, looking at if he's shy a ten if he's shy a ten at half, then he, I I don't see him going for it. If, if he, he got, doesn't even hits if he doesn't hit four after the first quarter, not even a chance. Yeah, he's yeah. So he's got these benchmarks to hit as the game goes on. Because four 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 is sixteen. Yeah, you need four a quarter to break the record. Yeah. That's the number I'm looking for. If he doesn't hit four that first quarter, already puts him behind the eight ball, then he's going to try to do too much. And when you try to do too much more times than not, you don't get it done. And I can almost see this be like Kobe's last game where they just dish Kobe the rock, dish Kobe the rock. It's his last game. Let him, it was like 60 some points he put up in his last game of his career. Yeah. But, your last game is different than. Yeah. But I'm, no, I'm saying in this case, they're going to, they're going to feed the, they already run the offense through Curry. They're going to step that up a notch even more, take a couple possessions away from pool Wiggins, some of these other guys where they dumb. If you do where they, but it's going to be at their choice. Steph can shoot you. Right. Steph can shoot you to win a game. He can also, like we saw against the Suns, he can shoot you to lose a game. Yeah. How many times you give him the ball when he's not making? You know what I mean? Like yeah. there comes a time and a a place for that. Yeah. Like I said, I feel like the number's four. Four, and then he's got to up it a little bit because the shots aren't going to come as easy. You get a little bit more tired as the game 
he's got to be ahead of the eight ball. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be a fun one to watch, and hopefully on Friday we'll be talking about some history. Two, yeah, two, two be- different – breaking all-time record and most reason a game record. Yeah, that'd be pretty nuts. All right, man, over to the ice. What you got? Speaking of highlights, last night, um, Ducks versus Sabres. For those who haven't seen it, go check it out. One of the craziest goals you'll ever see. Uh, uh, Zegras assist to Milano. Um, would you put this goal that you saw last night above McDavid's goal, Deacon through the whole Rangers defense for goal of the year at this time of the season? Yeah, absolutely. Um, McDavid only had a couple little deeks in there while using his speed. This takes so much hand-eye coordination. The perfect flip to wait for it to come right underneath the bar before you hit it. Obviously, I'm going to say thank you, Buffalo. Defenders for standing there and watching it, getting a front row seat to it. Um, Yeah, this is definitely goal of the year. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, I agree with you. Young kids to pull it off, too. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like, that's sick. <laughs> On the fly like that, too, again, where McDavid, he I'm sure he slows down the game and he can kind of see it coming to where it's predictable. You can't predict this. Like, you're, you're when McDavid hits the ice, you expect him to kind of do a goal like that almost every night. This, you, I mean, they had to go back to the 96 Michigan team that actually, like, pulled off a, a similar goal to this. Like, this is only every couple decades, once a decade, you see a goal like this. It's actually really common nowadays. To see a goal like this? The, uh, not the flip part, but the actually doing the Michigan. Yeah, that move's used a lot. Oh. Um, yeah, sounds good. I forget. It was like two years. I want to say like two, three years ago, it started becoming like a – all right, there's a kid behind the net. He's got a little bit of time. What's coming? And on Michigan, like it became a time like where everybody knew that almost somebody was going to try to do it. I forgot what video it went. It was after it happened in the NHL a couple of years ago. Oh, Carolina guy in Carolina did it. And then after that, it was like a huge influx of people trying to do it. It's definitely a sick move, but yeah, adding the fucking flip perfectly over them. Like the goalie easily could have turned and just fucking grab, grab it. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> but no, it, what a play. Just yeah. What a play. All right. My first one. Who do you think individually will have the, the most points at all-star break and how many will they have? <clears throat> Look, looking at the leaders right now, Try Seidel McDavid tied for 43, Ovechkin at 41, and then um, you see a big drop down to 31, 30, and the next the next two um, players in the points conversation. So, I mean, <clears throat> it's going to be one of these three. Um, I think it's going to be McDavid just because. And just to give you the date, February 5th is the all-star break. Is the all-star break. Mm-hmm. So we have almost um, two, two months yet. I am going to say that, yeah, I'm going to say McDavid just because I think he's a little bit of a better scorer. And despite their lot, la, loss in their last game to um, 
the wild he he did sneak an assist in there for a point um to even it up with dry sidle i i think he's going to pass him up eventually at some point it's been fun to see them go back and forth but i i see mcdavid getting back on a run where he's going to get a point in every game for however many games again um throw a number out there I'm going to say 75 points at the All-Star break. So a little bit under, so a little bit less than the production that he's gotten so far. Yeah, a touch, just because he did hit a little bit of a skid the last couple of games to where he isn't putting out two, three points a night. He's either been shut out or held to one point. Um, He does eventually get it like get rolling again, but this little lull of the past week or two, I think kind of put him behind the eight ball as far as keeping the production up to um, getting above 80. So I'm going to say just under 80 at 75. I'm going to go with McDavid as well. said 75 points which is unreal <laughs> if he's able to do that because he's going to be on pace for like what 150 160 at the end of the year yeah if, if he hits 70 that's on pace for 140 if you can duplicate second half but he's already at 43 like he's already at 43 like that's yeah. Fuck it. I'm saying 80. I think he hits 80. Go for 160, McDavid. Let's see it. Yeah, it'd be awesome to see. Especially if Dreisaitl can be right in that within 10, 20 points of him at the end of the year. I mean, I mean they're neck and neck right now, so who knows if they're going to be within a point or two come the end of the season, but... Yeah, he's currently on, he's currently on pace. Well... Over the course of his career, he's played 430 games, and he has 616 points. So it's like a point and a half a game, roughly? Basically, yeah. Pro-rated right now, he's on pace for 144 points. So they're expecting him to slow down at some point. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but this is something that we haven't seen. In yeah, but still, Gretzky. Yeah, <laughs> twenty years ago, dude. Yeah, uh, sounds good. We'll move on to the next question here. Um, Florida, Washington, and Toronto all sit tied on top of the NHL with currently with thirty-eight points. Which of these three teams will be leading the league in points at the end of December this month? Or do you see a different team making a run aside from these three and leading in points at the end of the month? I see the Minnesota Wild being in first place at the end of December. They're on a seven-game here. Watching them, they look like they can't be stopped right now. Who knows how long the streak's going to go? I'm riding with the Wild. And I wish I would have picked them to get to 20 games first because they're going to be the first team to fucking get to the 20. 
Yeah, um, I'm actually going to stick with these three teams. I'm going to say that the Panthers are going to be leading. Um, they have one game less played than Washington and two less played than Toronto. So they have the most games in pocket right now between those three. Yeah, they have um, the same as the Wild, 25. Yeah, and the Wild are at 37. So, again, just one point back from these three teams. Um, yeah, I'm going to say it's going to I'm going to say it's going to be Florida. Um, if there's a second, I agree with you. I think it's going to be the Wild uh, just with, again, how hard the Metro is and uh, Toronto as well. Um, I mean, they're in that they're in the same conference as Florida, so they have some tough teams to go through and the Lightning, Red Wings, Bruins, all all good teams in the top of the Atlantic right now. Uh, with the Panthers and Maple Leafs. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to say it's going to be Florida. And if it's not Florida, wild. Sounds good. What team do you think sits in dead last at All-Star break? Currently, it's the Oats. Yeah. I'm just looking to see how many games. 25. It's the Yotes at the bottom, then Senators, Canadians. I'm going to say Sen- or not Senators, Canadians. Just because they have the most games played and they're only three points ahead of the Senators. And they're two, game- they're two games ahead of Arizona. So that's potential four points. To, to catch them there. Senators at six points to catch them and they're tied. Um, so yeah, I'm going to say Canadians are going to be um, come all-star time. But now they're at 15. Yeah, I, I don't see them being above 40 points come all-star and being at the bottom. <clears throat> A team that I think is going to fall even faster is the Buffalo Sabres. I feel whole state, whole cities invested in their football team. No one gives a fuck about their hockey team. They're done. They're already on a five-game losing streak. Flyers is currently at the longest with nine. Like, fuck. Hmm. When is it going to end? <laughs> I guess sticking with your Flyers then for my last question here. Your Flyers... My Kraken currently sit tied at 20 points. Which team is going to have more points at the end of this month? Flyers, 23 games played. Kraken, 25. So Flyers do have two games in pocket. I'm just, I'm going to say the Flyers. Just because I do see the Yotes and the Canadians on and the Senators on the schedule here coming up. <laughs> so those are three nice easy wins that we should have. And then we finish it December 29th against the Kraken. So um yeah, I'm gonna say the Flyers, just because I haven't looked at the Kraken's uh 
good player. Unfortunately, I'm going to agree with you. Sorry, Kraken. They got Winnipeg, Columbus, San Jose, uh, the Ducks, Oilers, Toronto. They don't. Their next game that is like okay, that should be an easy win is the Coyotes, December twenty first. After that, Flames, Canucks, Flyers, and then Flames to end the year or to end the month. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the Flyers as well. Um, That's a tough stretch. It is a tough stretch of hockey right there. But then after that, it gets easy. Come, I should have made the bet for January. Canucks, Islanders, Senators, Blues, Blackhawks, all in January. But, but yeah, um, I agree with you on that one. Sounds good. Then my last question for you here. Do you see any team currently in playoff position not making it by the end of the season? Um. So currently in, we would have Toronto, Florida, Tampa, Washington, New York Rangers, Carolina Hurricanes. We would have the Detroit Red Wings and the Pittsburgh Penguins would be on the east side. The west side would be Minnesota Wild, St. Louis Blues, Nashville Predators, Calgary Flames, Anaheim Ducks, Edmonton Oilers. Next to in San Jose Sharks and the Colorado Avalanche. Actually, it'd be a tie between the Avalanche and the Golden Knights. So whoever has the head-to-head tiebreaker between those two. I'm going to say in the Central, the Predators, currently sitting in the third spot in the Central, will not make the playoffs. Um, Currently kind of on a skid right now, five and five in their last 10. Behind them, Avalanche, again, my uh, one of my preseason cup predictions, the two Cs, Carolina versus uh, Colorado. Avalanche, seven, two and one in the last 10. Dallas, one of the best streaks in the league in the league right now, too. Nine and one in the last 10. Um, Avalanche, Jets, Stars all sit just one point behind the Predators. I think that the Avalanche and Stars leapfrog the Predators and knock them out of a guaranteed spot in the Central. And in the Pacific, there's too many good teams over there that I don't think they get a wild card spot either. So I'm gonna say Predators. I'm going to agree with you 100% there. Avalanche and Dallas both have three games in pocket for them both to be one point behind him. They're coming. Yeah, they're coming along. Another team that I could see potentially not making it if the playoffs were to end today, the Detroit Red Wings. I could see them. They're a wild card spot right now. I don't know if they're going to be able to hold on in the Atlantic. Because Boston's got five less games played than them, and they're only yeah. four points ahead. Boston would be the only team to worry about. Sabres, Canadians, Senators. Like, but if, but if Boston passes them, they're not getting in. No. So, yeah. So, I'm going to say the Detroit Red Wings as well on that list. They have a little bit of – yeah. They, they do have – Bruins do have five games in pocket. And they're 13 points back from Tampa right now with one more game played. So, they got some catching up to do. In the Atlantic. 
Yeah, sounds good. Wrapping up then the episode then here with my last question for you. Uh, kind of a different t- or question for you rather than statistics. It's more or less a scenario. Which uh, do you, would you say is harder to get, a sack or an, inter- or an interception in the NFL? Like, are you saying if both people, like, are – like, what are you saying? Like, myself personally? Like, my athleticism? Like, best best defensive back, best pass rusher. Which one is – which one has going the heart? against the best wide receiver, best quarterback, and the best lineman? Like, equal going yeah, against the best? equal across the board. Hard, hard, hardest offensive lineman, hardest quarterback, hardest receiver to cover, best cornerback, best pass rusher, best in all, every – Involved, what I think is easier. What, which is harder? Which would be harder to get a sack or an interception? Well, depends. Are you playing corner or safety? If you're playing safety, it's easier. Corner. You're playing corner. I'm still gonna say getting a sack. Quarterback can fucking air mail a ball and throw it right to you. So I'm definitely gonna go sack. You got to fight through the trenches. Big boys, you get double teamed. You got the running back who chips you, the tight end that fuck being on the line, dude. That'd be so tough. And it's just crazy the people who make it look easy. <laughs> so, you're, so you're saying a sack is harder? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I was kind of leaning towards interception. Just because, get like you're fighting another grown ass man for the same ball, but in a sack you can run like a stunt. You can like, yeah, but no, yeah, I'm gonna agree with you. I think a sack is harder because again, you have against a really good quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. You got two and a half seconds to get to him. Otherwise, you're gonna get into him. <laughs> Where you're, you're the receiver across from you. He's trying to run a nine past you. All right, if I can stick with him, I got I got a chance to intercept it if he throws a bad ball. So yeah, I'll say a sack as well then. And then my question for you here: Would you rather hockey fight Ryan Reeves, who's arguably one of the toughest guys in the NHL, or would you rather get sacked by both Aaron Donald and Vita Vea at the same time? I'm taking a fight with Ryan Reeves all day. Just because I know your face could literally be rearranged for the rest of your life. (laughs) Well, that's that's the thing. I try to make sure that I'm just out in the first hit (laughs) and then it's done. Like, um, but like, I fuck because Aaron Donald and Vita Vey hitting you, landing on you at the same time. Broken ribs, fucking say goodbye to your lungs. Those are getting punctured. Like you're getting your organs rearranged, having those dudes land on you. You think so? For just one hit? Like what like one hit, one sack, they both hit me at once. Yeah, they both they both fucking pancake you and take you like both are on the edge. They're both coming, they both get you and then fucking slam you down like on top of you. Like a hard hit, like a huge hard hit. Yeah. 
But then for Ryan Reeves, I have to go a whole fight until one of us hits and the he, ice. And he, well, and he could hold you up. <laughs> I'm Who's fucking, to say he's I'm even fucking out. You. I'm out. I've he's seen just it. <laughs> I've seen it. Fuck. Some people have the adrenaline to fucking literally hold a dead limb body up and just keep fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I'm still gonna say Ryan Reeves just because. Hopefully, I get knocked out. Yeah, he's fucking rearranging my face while I'm knocked out. But at least I wake up in a hospital on some painkillers. Aaron Donald, Vita Vey landed on me. I don't want that. <laughs> Either way, it sucks. It's kind of a, a lesser of two evils, but I, I don't know. Yeah, I'd agree with you. I'd rather get my face rearranged instead of not being able to breathe and potentially your lungs completely yeah. collapse. <laughs> yeah. I would agree. Even though both are not cool. No, yeah. That's a fun way to end the episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's something different here on uh, Whoops Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thanks, everyone, again, for tuning in. We appreciate all the love and support that we get day in and day out from everyone and everywhere. And uh, thanks for tuning in to Whoops Wednesday. We will be back on Friday.